And on the line right now by Professor Dirk Kotze, uh, he's a lecturer and professor at the Department of Political Sciences in UNISA. Spent very interesting uh, document, uh, and you can find it in the I in the EWN um, uh, opinion section. Uh, it's it's a really really a good read, Professor Dirk Kotze. Thank you very much, sir. And may I say a brilliant brilliant document that you put together. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks. Thanks very much. Uh, good afternoon. All right. So let's let's get to it. You speak of this particular trial, the way that it has been handled, the fact that he is appearing a former president of the republic until very re- uh, until very recently, the president of the republic, and you say that there are some very significant constitutional issues uh, attached to that. Please uh, walk us through your thoughts. Well, first of all, the fact that President Zuma is and was an elected public representative for all of us means that he, he received a mandate at an election, um, and that mandate is is working in both directions. It works towards the voters or the public, and towards him. He has to be able to account for the fact that he acts on behalf of on behalf of of, of us in in many respects. My argument is is that what he did in his position as president, that he actually violated that mandate. It was a form of a social contract, um, and that he didn't keep to to the terms of that social contract. So the the, the trial or the court case, as it's going to develop, is to some extent is a way in which he will have to account for what he did in terms of of that concept of the social contract, or that he violated the mandate that was given to him by two elections. Yeah. Uh, the, the, another aspect I, I think which is very important is the, the notion of the of state capture is uh, has all sorts of implications, but one of it is that it is focused on state institutions um, it was affected the, the executive it affected parliament and it affected also state owned enterprises as well as institutions like the criminal justice system SARS and others and any state is to a large extent dependent on effective and capable institutions. The moment institutions become eroded or become undermined, then the constitutional foundation of that con- of, of that state is to a large extent um, also affected by it. And yeah. I think that the fact that what we have seen over the past at least 10 years, but maybe even longer, is that uh, that's, that that erosion of in, in institutions, uh, state institutions. And what we are now uh, will have to see is, is also accounting for, for that from his side um, and from those close to him, some of his family members as well as others. Professor Professor Kotze, I, I suppose a lot of South Africans would agree with you, given the fact that, yes, we did have a constitutional court uh, finding that he had, uh, I suppose, broken his uh, his uh, oath of office um, with regards to the Holinkanda situation and all of the other things that he's been uh, connected to uh, that have brought him to this point. I, I suppose a lot of people would agree with you, and that's why he is at court, I suppose. But isn't the fact that he is going to court, right? Isn't the fact that he is going to face one of our judicial institution a an encouraging sign that South Africa is a functional democracy in the sense that our judiciary is able to hold a former president who until very recently was the president of the Republic of South Africa to account? 
Yes, that that is indeed so. And and in this article that I read, I, I mentioned specifically the, the judiciary together with the Treasury and the Reserve Bank and and the Chapter Nine institutions as those institutions who survived the the state capture. But at at the same time, also. I think it is very important to look at the judiciary specifically in terms of the separation of powers that is now to a large extent being re- reinforced or reaffirmed um, and then the independence of the judiciary also. Plus, which is a very important one, is that we don't have something like presidential immunity. Now, it takes us actually back to, for example, the situation of President Al-Bashir here, you know, with the ICC. That it is, I think, a, a very positive situation in the South African law that there isn't something like presidential immunity or amnesty for, for presidents to avoid this, this situation like what we are now seeing and being unfolding. So the, the fact that we in, in the South African legal system, uh, the, the president is as equal as you and I in the, before the law. Um, and I think what we are seeing, what we've seen today and what we're going to see in future is the fact that no one is above the law. But it has another important um, message, and that is that you know, many people are attracted to politics because of the lure of power. Yeah. And I think what this, this, what this um, court case is going to say is, is that power is never supreme. You, ne- you cannot buy your, your immunity from being charged or being taken to court by having political power. And I think that's an exceptionally difficult, important message for South Africans in general. Don't go to politics in order to isolate yourself and do whatever you want to do, because this message is it will catch up with you. So I think this is, this is the first time that we have really a situation like this, where a president is going to be prosecuted, Oh, we are in the process of that. Professor, yeah. 